0: Hey there, Jilton Indian Podcast listeners, it's Miranda. Here we are, one year later. This past weekend was the one-year anniversary of the historic Women's March, the largest gathering of people in our country in history. We had two days of rallies and marches in several cities in the United States and across the world. Again, we had our flagship Uh, women's march at Las Vegas. I believe it was a rally. Several speakers moved us all. My favorite happened to be Viola Davis moved me to tears. I think I was sobbing. I recall Pooja said she cried so much her t-shirt was soaking. If you haven't checked out some of the speeches from the women's march, I urge you to do so. I participated in the Dallas march this past weekend and Buja came and we stood by at a rally after we marched for a while and we had signs and it felt like it used to. It felt great to be surrounded by like-minded people who all have like-minded dreams for our country and what it ought to be instead of what it is. With that in mind, we'd like to share with you a couple of audio samples from some of the marches and protests and events that we participated this past year starting with puja's participation at the women's convention and the black women's march we also have a snippet from the rally against white supremacy and we met a fellow brown person. (laughs) She became our instant Facebook friends and that's Ishida Patel Kent. We also included some audio of Puja talking about the Women's March on Washington a year ago. This was the night before she was going to fly out. It took me back to how I felt when 45 was elected and how I felt when he was inaugurated and this all seemed like a nightmare and it is a nightmare and it continues to be a nightmare. It was interesting to listen to Pooja's words and then to hear some of the other audio samples. I think it's important to understand how far we've come. It's beautiful to me that as awful as this past year has been, there have also been good things like the increase in women's participation in elections. We've had turnovers in states where there's typically republican leaders things are changing and that makes me hopeful for our future it's 2018 make sure you're registered to vote in the primaries and in our election in november it's time to take our country back and we're going to be here every step of the way until then so for now here are some audio samples from the Women's Convention, a couple of protests that we participated in, and Pooja's reflections on what was about to happen a year ago. We
1: can be the ones to start a movement, whether it's locally, nationally, at your own companies, on your college campus, in your own child's school. These are the kinds of things Up, because if we give up, we will lose. Nothing is going to change unless we fight for it. And I feel strongly about this fact. Nothing is going to change unless we change the players in Washington.
2: That has lived in our minds and in our hearts forever. And that is why we gather on this day to remember those who lost their lives, remember those who were didn't get a chance to live their life to the fullest. But as we are in the fullness of our lives, we march, we rally, we protest, we resist, we stand, or we kneel in protest. Jilted Indian Podcast listeners, it's Pooja. And Miranda. And we are doing a remote at the Dallas March protest against white supremacy. We are out here today with fellow Dallasites who stand in support of love and against Nazis and racism, racism and hatred. Uh, Miranda will also tell you about our media exposure that we got today.
3: <laughs> Pooja just plugged us uh, in our podcast because we were sheetcaking at the protest. And, you know, we saw Tina Fey's SNL skit, and it was really hilarious, but a bunch of people were retweeting it, saying they should stay at home, and it was a damn joke. No, you can't stay at home. Nothing good happens in this world with people staying at home when really fucking evil people are, like, gathering in numbers. So we are not going to stand for that. We brought the sheet cake here so that we could be at a protest, as in do something, and, you know, eat cake, too. And our cake said... Tears of the patriarchy. And
2: um, we hope that we do all enjoy the salty, salty goodness of the tears of the patriarchy. Oh, my God, there's a D- Dumbledore's Army recruiting sign. We got to go. See y'all in a little bit. Hey there, Jilted Indian Podcast listeners. It's Pooja. And Miranda. And we're joined by... Ishita. And we found another brown woman at this protest that wasn't related to me. So we thought are we, are we.
1: Sure, we're not related. I mean, uh, we could. <laughs> we, we, yeah. could yeah. we could be. Uh, there's like 28 cousins on one side. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, I like you. You're down with it already. <laughs> All right. So we're here at Dallas City Hall at the rally against white
1: supremacy. Ooh. Supremacy. And we wanted to ask you, what made you come out today? Well, I grew up in the South. So I grew up in Georgia, and I'd seen Confederate stuff kind of my entire life. And it was just, it was always really hard to see. And I had a lot of, you know, black friends who were standing there going, "Um, this is commemorating my oppressors. And so it's just, I always wanted to, like, be on the right side of that. And so knowing that I wanted, this was here, and I could help protest this and kind of make even, like, a tiny bit of difference felt good. That's
2: awesome. And you're sure? says, immigrants, we get the the job job
1: done. done. Yes. Yes. It is a Hamilton quote. So So what is your diaspora? My parents moved here in the 80s. So I'm first generation. Is that what that is? Yeah, we
2: are too. So yeah.
1: yeah, I was born and raised in the States. But
2: in Georgia? Yes,
1: I was. Awesome. Why do you think it's important for brown people to come out to things like this? I think it's important for brown people to come out to things like this because minorities are stronger together. We all need to support each other in all of our different causes. So if I can't turn around and support my black brothers and sisters when they we're fighting against Confederate stuff, and why am I expecting them to come around and support us when we're fighting against things like immigration bans and shooting of Indian people like we've had in the beginnings of the Trump yeah, presidency? Because yeah, so. yeah. at the end of the day, I hate crimes. I hate crime. Yes.
3: I just want to say that I'm really happy to see y'all here and I mean with as much as we talked about the trauma of the British Raj and how typically because of that trauma uh, brown people end up having some brown people we don't know why just come over to the U.S. on the coattails of the civil rights movement they uh, assimilate they are on the side of conservatism, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I mean, I talked to my dad about this because my dad's really, really conservative.
1: Um, He always, um, I think he got pulled into like the idea of model minority a lot when he came over. And so it was white people who basically told him, you know, you're the better minority you're not like lazing around like those black welfare queens or whatever so I'm right. like I had to have that conversation like dad that's not actually the thing
3: I haven't had that conversation with my dad yet and it's probably I don't know if that's ever gonna happen but I should be brave and make it happen
1: my dad knows exa- entirely too much about my activism for him to not bring up that
3: conversation <laughs> ah, preach oh that's awesome so what message do you have two people who are scared to have those conversations with their relatives, because that's a large part of the reason why this bullshit's still going on.
1: Oh, wow,
3: that's putting me on the spot. That's really, I think it's really awesome of you that you had that conversation. I mean, I'm... I will full-on admit that I have always
1: been a really rebellious child. Like I'm the one who ran away from Georgia and went to college in Dallas. Shitty Indian, and and married a white guy, and just all sorts of terrible, terrible brown decisions. Um, so I terrible, think-
2: terrible brown decisions is voting
3: Republican.
1: Yeah, I mean also you're
3: not that terrible
1: yes um but I think so for me it was almost like easy because it's just oh look here's another way I'm going to be rebellious and push things and be you know liberal compared to my dad's major conservatism um but I'd say that framing it in ways that they understand like you know We have to talk about you know the history of anti-blackness in india in a lot of ways like skin colorism like the conversation has to start almost with that and then you almost bring it back over to how it interplays in america and how that you know inset colorism kind of comes over
3: to your mindset here yeah we talk about that a lot on the podcast and on our website which we'll show you too uh, so we can give you proper credit. We appreciate you for talking to Absolutely. us. I was happy to
2: do it. We'll look for more brown people here. and We're, we're going to
3: accost more brown people yes. um, on our way out. But this is in Miranda and Pooja and Ishita on the Jilted Indian Podcast. Go
2: in peace and power. Donald Trump is going to be inaugurated as president later today. I will be flying out to D.C this afternoon to take part in the women's march that's happening on Saturday along with Rashi, her sister Shaila, and her niece Mila. Also, (laughs) the Jilted Indian podcast will be live posting from each of the marches we're attending. History in the making. It's kind of daunting to think about. Um, It's a long day. I haven't packed. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm afraid of a KKK member dropping down from a tree and trying to attack me. I'm afraid of little things like, if it's raining, am I going to fall? I'm worried about, will I get overwhelmed by the crowd? I'm worried about being too caught up in capturing the moment that I'm not experiencing the moment. Those are just like my personal worries. I'm worried about, overall that this will have no effect on anything and that we are doomed no matter what we do, no matter how big this is. I just don't understand how the elected officials going through these confirmation hearings can look at poll numbers, can look at the complete difference in attendance of the two events on the two separate days and be okay with what this man wants to do to our country. I just don't know how to process that. And I don't know who can tell me how to process that. I don't think it's processable. In fact, you know what? I don't want it to be processed. If it's processed, then I'll find a way to live within it and survive within it. And I don't want that. I don't want whatever reality that this man is trying to put forth on this country to come to fruition. The dismantling of institutions that are meant to help people (laughs) for the benefit of... Literally, his bottom line is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of in my life. And if the American people stand for it, then we do deserve whatever the hell rains down on us in the next four years.